This is From Paint to Purpose, a podcast by FCP Services, where we believe people drive growth. Exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now your host. What do you think most people get wrong about failure? How can people learn to fail better? I think the number one thing people can, that they, that they envision failure as, as it's final. And so that finality might be in their mind. Well, I failed at this. I can't try again. Uh, I failed at this because I took a risk. I'm not going to take a risk again. And that can mean a lot of different things. It can be in relationships. It can be in work. It can be in finances. It can be in a lot of different areas. So I think the biggest thing that people get wrong about failure is that it is a final. In, in reality, failure is just a beginning. And, and we have to be comfortable with that. Not easy to do. Human nature tells us we need to protect, and, and part of our protection is, is our own ego sometimes. Uh, and so failure strikes at the heart of ego. And, uh, and if you feel like that's going to be an embarrassment, you're not going to try it again. I mean, the core values, now that ties into the vision. And so, like, the core values, that's the, the, the structure, I guess the car, and then the vision is the destination of what, where this organization is going and speak a little bit about the vision and where you see, where you see all this um, leading towards. Yeah. So it goes, it points us back to that purpose or mission to become a great company with great people with unlimited opportunities. And as we've continued to grow as a business, we've started to realize that this culture that we've built is important to us. It is the anchor by which we're going to be able to move ourselves forward. And whatever that growth is in terms of service offerings or revenue or profitability, all of those things are enabled by building a culture in which everybody is is in the same boat, they're rowing in the same direction. And because we have different service offerings, because we have different expertise, Instead of looking at this as business units that are working independently, all moving towards the overall goal for the organization, what we've done recently is create an environment in which it's one team. And, on, and that starts with one mission, which is to create a great company. That one team is built around great people. And then it is on one journey that we're moving towards whatever that next three, five, 10 year plan will be. And we have to be doing that so that we can create unlimited opportunities for people. Just in the in the last several years, we have grown exponentially, not just with revenue and profitability, but with opportunity. We have more leaders today in the organization than we had five years ago. We're gonna have more leaders in the next three years than we have today. The only way we can do that is to develop people and give them the vision for where that might lead. We don't know what those positions are necessarily in the future. Uh, we do know we're going to need more uh, leaders. And so we're focused on developing leadership skills in people so that they can go to wherever we might need them and their skill sets will fit and we can move people around. The other reason that we have tried to consolidate, even though we have our three business units and they have their distinct uh, service offerings, We've created this one team mentality because we want to be able to pull people together and say, hey, that skill set that that person has, it, they might be working in this business unit today, but tomorrow I might need them to be in a new role that we just created over here. And nobody in that group has that skill set to take on that role right now. 
let's move somebody. The only way they can do that is if they actually understand how the business operates in totality and how each of the business units play off of each other to be able to solve problems for our clients and become a one-stop shop. And so that, that one mentality is something that we are really stri striving to do and connecting it to that core purpose and the core values. So again, if we are uh, one organization with one mission, that mission is to become a great company. That one team is about having great people on that team. That goes to the core values and that, and that, that fierceness of, of our building our culture. You don't, you're not allowed into, if you will, the organization. You have to be granted access in based on how you fit with our core values. For some, that might sound really harsh. The reality is it's not saying good or bad, right or wrong. It's right for us. It doesn't mean it's right for everybody else. And so when we interview people, we're looking for great. We're not looking for good. We're not looking for average. We're looking for great and great fit for our culture. And, and that includes high performance and people who have a growth mindset and, and who are driven. So it, it isn't, again, some people will walk in here and go, that's nuts. I don't want anything to do with that. That's okay. We're okay with that. I'm glad you found that out during the interview process. We don't want to bring you into the organization if you don't align with what we're, what we're all about. And so to be able to create that great team, you have to have great people, which means you have to be really, really clear about what it is you're going to hire for, train up to, and what you're going to exclude. Same thing happens as an organization grows. There are times when you have really great people who no longer offer the skill sets that are necessary for that position or for the organization. The organization outgrew them. Again, that has nothing to do with the person and the human. We honor them on the way out, but we have to, to, to move them out. What I found it when you do that is that if you do it in the right way, they go and flourish somewhere else because that's their sweet spot. It's no longer here. Doesn't mean for the 10 or 12 or six years that they were with the organization, that they didn't add value because they did. And that's why we honor them on the way out. It's not about the person. It's about what the business needs. And we don't make decisions based on one person. We make it on the collective good of the organization. And so that, for your, for your core values, that becomes the guidepost. And if you're, gonna, if you're going to live those, that means you're making both positive decisions, but you're also making the hard decisions that sometimes mean that there's an ending for, for, for people. That could also be an ending to clients. It could be an ending to a service offering. Who knows? We don't know what that's going to look like in the future. We might get to the end of the road in five years and realize that what we've, what we've been doing, the industry no longer needs. So we better find a new way to continue to, to have stability in our organization. Uh, and so that means making deci tough decisions around service offerings. So a lot of those things all play out uh, along the way, but it all starts with who do we want to be? And that goes back to this that mission and purpose statement that says we want to be a great company with great people with unlimited opportunities. What that strategy is is going to change. You know, James, our CEO and, and uh, majority owner, is creating this next vivid vision for the organization, which we're going to be rolling out here in the second half of 2022. That's going to take us to 2023, 2024, 2025. 
you know, how we get there, I have no idea. Uh, you know, we're going to still try and figure that out as we go. And that's part of the strategic planning that both myself and one of the other owners, uh, Robert, is gonna, are going to do. I'm fortunate enough to work for two owners who uh, have a passion for what I believe in to build organizations. And they've entrusted me with a massive amount of responsibility. And I, and I love that every day because it, it keeps me grounded, it, but it also forces me to be really, really intentional about building this culture. Because I could easily go down the path of saying, we've got all these outcomes we got to get to. Forget about all this culture stuff because it's not it's not tangible always right in front of us. And I can create concrete things that can get us business drivers. Okay, but to what end? And that doesn't lead to that mission. And so that's hopefully what we find with all of our, our team members, whether that's the entry-level painter to a, our CEO and everything in between is that they come every day with that passion for what they do and how that shows up in our, our, in our value system, in our culture, to that greater good of being on one mission with one team on this one journey. Uh, which is ultimately what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, it seems like um, patience is actually another value that kind of in, envelops all this because you have to be, you have to do it the right way and have patience for the long term and trust that this isn't going to happen overnight. Somebody, I heard somebody say it's like patience in the macro and um, uh, whatever the opposite. What is the opposite of patience? It's an urgency, urgency uh, in the micro. Yeah, and and I think that I think there is truth to that. You know, you have to be able to have the long game in mind, but you still have to get the work done day to day, and you have to get the work done in a year because you still need to have your budget met, and you have to to do all the things from a business perspective. So it is a really fine line, and that's where the core values for us become that that ability to balance both of those things. Because if you tilt one way or the other, if all we talk about is the numbers, if all we talk about is the focus on profitability, most people are going to go, great, every time you open your mouth about our core values, it really doesn't mean anything. If those decisions that you're making for the for the the financials of the business go counter to what we say we believe. And so it does create that 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 healthy understanding of of not being ashamed of saying we are a for-profit company and we're in it to make money there's nothing wrong with that it's how we use those resources that point us to our greater purpose and it isn't to line the pockets of the owners it isn't to amass this um, uh, amazing amount of wealth Uh, those are important and certainly those factor in but it's what we do to pour money back into the business so that we can continue to grow, that we can continue to give opportunities for people. Um, and, and that, that gives us that, that lens to be able to say, yes, and we need to be patient to follow our strategy through and not make short-term decisions. You know, one of the things in my career, I've worked for both publicly held companies and private institutions and, and organizations and the reality is one of the hallmarks of, of uh, too many publicly held companies, and it's not every one of them, but certainly to a certain degree, many of them, is that they make these short-term decisions because the shareholder value and the stakeholder value matters. And that's not right or wrong. It just is. And and I've been in too many of those boardrooms where we were making quarterly decisions and you're slashing 15% of your headcount because that's the fastest way to profitability. We got to, to appease our investors or they're going to start taking money away and our stock, mar- stock price is going to go down. All those things are real. 
But then the next quarter we have a boom and now we're hiring again. And, and, and it, it's this wild swing. Those organizations in that space who are fundamentally about the long game while still finding innovation in the short game are the ones that don't have those wild swings and their culture feels that. Uh, and I don't envy anybody in that, in that position because I've been there and I know what that feels like and that pressure that, you're, that, that mounts in that, in that space. I think the same can be said for a family-owned business. It's your family legacy. If, if this fails, those family owners, their identity goes away in some ways, but so does that legacy and the livelihood of their, uh, of their family. So in some ways, it's it's virtually the same. You just have to decide how you're going to approach that. We are problem solvers. So if we're faced with and confronted with challenges, headwinds of the external macroeconomics of the, of the globe, then we're going to have to solve that problem. Again, COVID is a great example of this. Many organizations who had the wherewithal to fight through it chose the easy route which was we're going to slash and burn, get ourselves down to a certain level because we're going to maintain our profitability. I say e easy decision because it's not that it's easy to, to lay people off or to make those decisions, but that's sort of the tried and true answer to most for most organizations. The big difference is those organizations that say, we see this, we know that this is coming, maybe we lost millions in contracts, how are we going to solve that? Because it turns my stomach at night and I can't sleep if I know I'm laying off 10% of our workforce. Mm -hmm. And again, there is no right or wrong answer to that. You have to do what's right for your business. And, and there's always a rationale behind it. We've chosen to go the hard route in more cases and not as an organization because it's who we are. Yeah. What's the message to that person that has just been hired on? They've been here for a week. How like how do they succeed what does it mean to be part of this like we, we've spoken for close to an hour now about big picture but like really directly to them i wonder if that could be an interesting uh message yeah anybody who is either looking to to become a part of our organization as interviewing today or those per people that have just gotten hired recently whether that is our traveling crew or people in our office setting or remote workers whatever that might be the three things I would say to people that, that join our organization, because by the time they get entry into the organization and they start, we've probably talked at hours and hours and hours with them about our culture. So there should be no surprises about what we're going to talk about in the first week or two weeks of their onboarding and ultimately for the first year of their onboarding because we take it out to an entire year. I would say this, they, they, we, we look for people who have humility we look for people who are curious and we look for people who are willing to sacrifice. If you're willing to do that in your first week, month, year in the organization, you're going to find success here. You have to have the patience that you talked about earlier to know that it's going to take you a, a good year to actually learn how we operate as a business. Not because what we do is so magical that nobody else in our industry does it. We are unique in the, in the sense that we do things differently and we treat things differently. And so it's going to take you that time to figure it out. It's also because we have so, so many unique personalities and, and the ebb and flow of our business, you're going to have to spend the time to get to know people and build equity in the relationship uh, in order to have influence in the organization 
especially with your, with your expertise. So I think the biggest thing I could tell somebody in that first couple of weeks is ask a ton of questions. Don't challenge the assumptions that, that you might have in your heart and mind about something. Assume the best in people, because that's one of our core tenets of our people core value is that we assume the right intentions for people. So when you're sitting in meetings and you're listening to stuff and you go, well, that just seems weird. It might be weird, but it also might have a real purpose behind it. So ask the question. Uh, I think that's the best thing that you can do. So if you bring your humility, if you bring your curiosity and you're willing to sacrifice a little bit of what you might know or what you might have in those assumptions, you're going to have a great time here. Uh, don't, uh, you know, one of the phrases that we use often is take your job seriously. Don't take yourself seriously. We have a lot of fun around here as well. Uh, that's one of our hallmarks of, of treating people with, with respect and dignity is to be able to do, have fun in the right ways. And so I think those are the things for me, if somebody's looking at an organization like ours, you're going to want to know that the greater purpose, it has meaning to you and not simply just a paycheck or a job. If you're just looking for a paycheck, you're just looking for a job, we're probably not going to be the right place for you because we're not going to spend a lot of time getting into the minutia of focusing on those things. Now, we're going to train you to do your job well. We're going to pay you competitively. But if that's all you're here for, you're going to get really annoyed at every one of our meetings where we're talking about this type of thing. Oh, that's amazing. Any final words or final thoughts as we wrap up here? I think there, the one thing I would say, and I'm pa- obviously I'm passionate about creating a values-based organization, is that those leaders that are that might be listening to this podcast, if this is something that you think is important for your organization and maybe you're just starting the process, maybe you've tried it and it hasn't worked, maybe you're in the throes of it right now and you're finding that that start and stop and, and trying to navigate this, please reach out. I'm happy to help anybody. Our organization is as well. This is not something that we hold dear and and tightly to ourselves. We want to be free with it because uh, we believe that this is the way that you do business and and that you can make an impact on the environments that you're in, on the company culture that you have, on the lives of the people, whether you have 50 uh, or 5,000 in your organization. So if you do have questions, our whole organization stands ready to help any organization that wants to go down this path. The cautionary tale I would tell them is this isn't easy and you're going to be confronted with really difficult decisions at times to stand up to those pieces. But you either have a culture that's intentional or you have a culture that is unintentional, but you have a culture. Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit fcpservices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.